0: Zion, Tolofa. Hope everyone had a uh, wonderful Fourth of July celebration. Was able to spend some time with with their families and enjoy themselves. Uh, thank you for joining us this morning for our July 5th worship. Uh, we are back in virtual services uh, for a while. We'll talk about that as the service goes along. But uh, for right now, let's just. Prepare ourselves for worship. Find your feet on the floor and wherever you're seated allow God to gaze upon you. Just follow your breath in and follow your breath out as we prepare for worship.
1: Amen. Please join me in our call to worship. God invites all who are weary to come. Come now with the burdens of work, home, and community. Jesus promises. I will give you rest. God invites all who are weary to come. Come now with the burdens of illness, of fear, of hopelessness. Jesus promises. I will give you rest. God invites all who are weary to come. Come now with the burdens of anger, of prejudice, of alienation, Jesus promises. I will give you rest. God invites all who are weary to come. God invites all who are weary to lay down their burdens. God invites all who are weary to find peace. We gather in hope and to rest in God. Come, let us worship. Let's pray together. God of Sabbath promise, You created not only work, but the blessing of rest. Often we feel exhausted, overstressed, and overwhelmed, in need of renewal and refreshment, to be recreated. Help us to take up your invitation of respite for our souls and spirits, of comfort for our bodies and minds, of a pause for quiet, for sabbatical, for holiday open us to receive receive your your gentle spirit and your relaxing presence amen
0: okay i'm not sure how many of you came by and got a hymnal this week but we we talked about it consistory on wednesday night that uh, uh we'd like to provide an opportunity for some of you to have a hymnal at home so there's some there uh in the front of the church Uh, This is hymn number 394 in our hymnals, Um, but I suspect most of you know uh, the words anyway to our first hymn this morning.
1: Let's confess our sins together now, trusting in God's grace. God of new life, we come to this time and place feeling raw and vulnerable. We know that too often we forget about your constant love. We look for love in all the wrong places and we put our trust in life and all the wrong things. And yet we continue to come bearing the hope of transformation that is only possible in and through you. Amen. As we dip deep into the well of God's love, in the sound of water we hear vibrancy. In the touch of water we feel calm. In the taste of water we experience nourishment. God of living water is ever-present in our lives, offering constant love through vibrant, calm, and nourishing encounters. God is a God of abundance and relationship. And for, and for that we rejoice. Amen.
0: Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. So now is the time that, uh, if you recall, we stand up and greet one another and uh, with whomever you are worshiping this morning, take an opportunity to uh, to greet one another, show one another that you appreciate being together this morning, uh, and what we'll kind of transition into what would be children's time. And I know that I suspect not too many of the kids are gathered around the computer listening to the service, um, but if they are, Dylan shared with me another mediocre joke at best uh, to share with the kids this week and uh, I just want to make sure I word it correctly I can't recall he sent it to me in a text something to the effect uh, what was the first groundbreaking invention in all of humanity's history something like that And, of course, it was the shovel. Yeah, I'll just give a little time for you all to laugh at that. Let's transition into uh, the scripture reading this morning. If you've looked at the bulletin, they kind of have a story from Genesis again and will continue in Matthew in the New Testament. But um, the story of Abraham on his deathbed and he sends a messenger to retrieve a wife for Isaac. Um, And he wants the wife to come from his homeland in Haran. And there are specific instructions. uh, And it's all done very prayerfully. Uh, And uh, the passage that, well, the way we're going to read it it's in Genesis 24, and then we'll read verses 34 through 38. And you skip a while and go with 42 through 49, and then skip some more verses in 58 through 67. And when I was reading it, I just started at verse, actually, I just read all of chapter 24. So uh, and it gives you context, it gives you some things that, that maybe aren't included in our reading. Uh, So if you have time, just read the whole chapter. And really the same thing with Matthew 11. uh, And Jesus again, uh, speaking to his disciples. And we'll start uh, in chapter 11, verses 16 through 19. And then verses 25 through 30. So we'll go ahead and pause here and allow you to read uh, those two passages. In the spirit of Jesus' words about an easy yoke and a light burden this morning, I want to try to not say so much. Uh, Try to not complicate an issue that has always been Very simple. Like a lot of you, our lives, or my life right now, and and your life, our collective life together, seems anything but uh, simple. Saline County, Gary County, Dickinson County, uh, Riley County, you know, everyone has a different interpretation on how we got to go about things. What ought to be enforced, what cannot be enforced, those kinds of things. We find ourselves involved in uh, what's going to go on in our school systems. You know, what what's the fall going to look like? Are we going to be able to have a band? Are we going to be able to have concert choir are we going to be able to have football should we have our spring sports in the fall and our fall sports in the spring and and if you expand your view further to to our country and there's demonstrations and celebrations and discussions about the history of the United States what is patriotism? What is not patriotism? What does freedom mean? Uh, how is it experienced by different citizens from different subgroups within our culture? And as your view expands further, we we read about Afghanistan, and we read about the annexation potentially of the West Bank, we read of Russia and China, and there are political parties that would tell the story one way, and other political parties that would tell the story a different way. The same with uh, upcoming elections, and it goes on and on, and How we ought to go about our relationship with with the European Union, uh, what does that mean anymore? All those kinds of things, and I'm—I guess my point is one that that we've wrestled with before. It's a confusing time, to be sure. It can be. Uh, and when we become identified with one of those points of view or another one of those points of view we can get pretty defensive about it and you don't need me to to point out examples of that and when people get defensive and when they hang on and when they think their position is themselves then that's when violence ensues Uh, and that's when Differences become irreconcilable. And so for people of faith, for those of us who want to be people of faith with, in our heart of hearts, what becomes really important and what's what becomes our anchor, our source of life, something that we can cling to is our our inner prayer life. That place where we can recognize our connection to the living God as all that we have, as the thing that becomes important in this sea of division and confusion and various points of view. I want to read something to you Uh, from a, a commentary that I was reading this week about, about this very thing. The author says, if you don't live from within your own center of connection and communion with God, then you'll go spinning around many other things. Mm-hmm. Now, those, those are the many other things that I referenced at the start. If you aren't connected. To that communion with God. Then you'll go spinning around. The author continues. The true goal of all religion is to lead you back to the place. Where everything is one. To the experience of radical unity. With humanity. With all of creation. And the experience of unity with God. He refers to God as the great includer of everything. When you live from this pure consciousness, letting the naked being of all reality touch your own naked being, you experience foundational participation. You are connected. Out of that plentitude, there's a sense of satisfaction and inner enoughness. A worldview of abundance. From here, you find it much easier to live simply. You realize you don't need as much. Your satisfaction emanates from an inner place, a deep level inside of you. And you can draw from this abundance and share it freely with others. And you stop trying to decide who is worthy of it. I'm going to read that sentence again in light of The fighting going on. And you stop trying to decide who is worthy of it. Because you know that you are not worthy either. It is 100% pure gift. Now the author describes this inner state of enoughness. That's a word that, that he made up. But this connection, this abundance that you have access to. And just take a moment and consider how different this is, how completely and utterly the opposite of of the worldview that most of us abide by, the way we walk through our lives, the idea that I have to, that I am somehow compelled to acquire more knowledge, if I can just learn this, if I can get this degree, if I can attain this skill we're always getting more, more, more this worldview, this sense of enoughness that is pure gift it harkens back to the very first creation story as God created us as very good that we're not accumulating things we're not gaining things we're peeling stuff away Consider this in light of what Jesus is saying. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. It's consistent with this understanding of what it means to be a person of faith. That you're not accumulating things. You're not learning things. You're peeling stuff away. You're living simply. And you're recognizing that which is 100% pure gift. This should be something that should give us hope this morning, from which we should take heart this morning, in light of all of those things that I talked about when I first started, how confusing things can be, how frustrating things can be, the sense that we don't know who to trust, we don't know who to believe, we can read one thing from one source and they tell us this, and something from another source and they tell us that. What we have is our inner world, our inner prayer life, that connection with who we are, who God created us to be, the 100% pure gift. That is our anchor. And it's simple. I'm going to talk for a little bit about Uh, Jewish religious law. Uh, With the. Admission at the start that I know. Little to nothing about it. What I do know. Is that there's a. it's, It's complicated. And it's deep and it's profound. And it's. And it's. You know it chronicles. There's chronicles from. You know, long before the Common Era in uh, I guess in its one of its simple forms well that 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 we can understand uh, there are 613 commandments uh, referred to as the mitzvah and so, I don't know, there's 200-some thou shalts and 200 or 300-some thou shalt nots. Uh, and there's volumes and volumes of oral history, of written history and commentaries from, from mystics and scholars from every age that you can imagine. And people spend their lives studying And it's all about, this is how we should live, this is the way we should walk. And this story of Abraham, and how he did what he did, how he lived, how he walked, is very much a part of this history, of this tradition. And when we read this story in the 24th chapter of Genesis, I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on, clearly. Abraham is is coming to the end of his life, and he's wanting to make sure that things are good for his son Isaac. And he calls in his servant, and there's a prayer, and there's a ritual. And and he's not sure. Abraham isn't sure of what's going to happen whether or not when he sends his servant back to Haran whether things are going well. So he wants to make sure that that connection that I referred to at the start of the sermon that 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 all of what they do, all of the plans they make emanate from that place, and this is the idea of him calling him him into his tent. Put your hand under my thigh. Uh, right, the idea is that we need to connect. We need to peel away everything and make sure that what we are doing emanates from this inner place of connection with the living God. And you can see this throughout this passage. um, as, As the servant gets to the well, he stops and he is quiet and he wants to be sure that what he sees and who he sees is not influenced by anything external but only that connection with God. And again, as the discussions proceed with Rebecca's family, Laban and Bethwell, there are all these moments when they pause and they make sure, you know, look, if you want me to go north, if you want me to go south, that's fine, right? The idea is that let's make sure what we are doing, it's not about what we want, it's not about our egos, not about me needing to impress Abraham. But it is about being true to that inner connection with the living God. You can be cynical about this story as I have been in the past. And sometimes it's hard not to read it and think, well, of course Rebecca wanted to go with these guys. They got all these camels and all these riches. And, you know, she's thinking, why wouldn't I go with them? So it is with Laban and Bethwell's family, you know. Yeah. Rebecca could do worse, right? But to think about it that in that way ignores all those moments where everybody stops. Where everybody peels away all these external circumstances to make sure that what they are doing is what God would have them do. And it's good for us to keep it in mind... Because we we're all involved in all of these discussions. You know, different counties and how this ought to go and masks and all this craziness. And it's easy to get drug into a discussion, disagreement. The way we look at one another in the supermarket. All of these things that trigger us. important for us to be mindful that all of our reactions need to emanate from this inner connection with the living God. So we get to Matthew and Jesus is saying to his disciples that you're going to face all kinds of things. You'll go to all kinds of communities. You'll be received by all kinds of different people. Some will recognize the place from which you come, the place from which your plans emanate, that inner place of enoughness, that pure gift from the living God. They will recognize it no matter what words you say, what rituals you employ. Whether you do it right or whether you do it wrong, they'll recognize it. Other places won't. And so there's a tendency to become agitated by that one way or another. Well, how come they can't see it? Or, or to begin to think it's all because of you. I really must be doing this right because these people bought in. the point that Jesus is making is that it's more simple than that. And you have to continue to come back to that place of pure gift. You have to sit by the well and be quiet. You have to go into the tent and be quiet. And when somebody tells you, oh, there's... 15 different steps that you have to take. Uh, You know, all of these things that we argue about, about, you know, where the candles need to go and how the curtains need to hang. and, And Jesus says there's two things that matter. You love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And then you love the other as yourself. And when you do those things, in other words, when you endeavor with sincerity to do those things, and you open yourself up to those two things, then the yoke is gone. And that heaviness, that worry, that confusion, you can feel it fall away on its own and you can begin to breathe freely. My yoke is easy, my burden is light. It is a letting go, living from that place of pure gift, that's our anchor. That is the place from which all our behavior, all, our, all the things we say, all the things we do emanates from there. Because the truth is beneath all of the confusion, all the points of view, all of the stories, you are connected to the living God. It is how you were created. It is who you are. So letting go of all that obscures that truth, all that causes you to not believe that truth with all of your heart, letting go, and to love God and to love your neighbor. It's an easy yoke. It's a light burden. Amen. Okay, I suspect uh, it's a little redundant for me as we begin announcements for the church this morning too, uh, to say that we're doing services virtually. Uh, but the consistory we met on Wednesday earlier this week, I guess it would have been last week, and we came to the decision that uh, we believe the best path right now for us as a community of faith is to meet virtually through July. And we will revisit the decision at the end of July and Decide how to proceed through August. We are like every other entity in in the world right now, and uh, you know, weighing circumstances as they change from week to week, day to day. Uh, and so that is the decision that we came to as of Wednesday. Thank you for being supportive of that decision. We we know there's. A ton of different ways to look at it. A ton of different arguments to make. Uh, but this is the the decision that we came to. Um, like I said, just just throughout July. I want to thank uh, people who came by uh, throughout the week. Uh, and dropped off uh, food for the food bank. Uh, and just while I was there, Don and Leona came by. And uh, Lee and Linda brought by. Uh, food and uh, June uh, brought by, brought by some support as well. Uh, the The shopping cart is is pretty full again. So uh, you know I I'm awfully uh, I'm you know it's kind of a humbling thing to see everybody's dealing with their own things but still finding a way to uh, support the ministry that the church is doing. I thank you for that. Um, Jeanette and Doug coming in and helping with the service. Uh, they're on their way to Colorado. We'll keep them in our prayers as they uh, head out to spend time with family. But you hear their voices today and the, the call to worship and, and the prayers. So, uh, and in the music, we're grateful for that. Uh, everyone who, who continues to support the, uh, Zion, uh, it, is, it is humbling to be sure. I think what we'll do, what we'll do now, is because uh, I know I'm forgetting some announcements, but that's that's what I always do. So, uh, but I want to transition into uh, prayer. I know that many of you know that uh, Dick Gefeller, uh is having some some trouble with his heart. He is back home. Uh, and that's, that is good news to be sure, but we'll keep the family in our prayers, and thank you, Debbie, for, uh, keeping us up to date, uh, Doug and Jeanette told me that they had been by to see Marvin this week, and he's getting better, uh, so that's good news as well, uh, I was not able to talk to Rosemary this week, but I will, uh, she's, when I talked to her last week, she's getting better as well, um, you know, again, this is another time that you know we. It's difficult to go and see somebody. You know, you want everyone to feel, at ease and comfortable. But so. The very best we can do is pray for one another, and I'm I'm glad that we are able to continue to do that. Um, and I know there are other names, uh, that you all have on your hearts and minds, and we'll we'll keep them all in our prayers. As well Let, let's uh, let's go ahead and bow our heads and pray. Creator God. thank you for this fellowship. We thank you for this this anchor. this place that before we maybe thought was a building or maybe we thought was a collection of programs. But we are learning now. It is a place deep inside us that connects us to you, that connects us to one another. And we've come to know together as Zion. We thank you for this place. There are so many things about which we are worried. The virus, all the different points of view, all spoken with conviction. It's difficult for us to know, so we keep our trust in you, the divisions within our country, all spoken with conviction, all cling to, and then it's also difficult for us to know we trust you. And we pray that we would be mindful of the other. Those different from us. Those with a different understanding of history. Those with a different experience of history. Help us to be loving. Help us to be humble. Lord, we pray for Dick Gefeller and his family. We're grateful that he's home. We are grateful that he's getting stronger. Please help him to recognize that he is surrounded by your love and our love. The same prayer we continue to pray for Marvin and Janice. Thank you that Marvin is getting stronger. We pray as well for Rosemary and for the family. So many people that continue to be in need of healing. Help them to be reminded of of your presence in their lives. It's difficult to articulate a prayer for Grady and his family. Words fail us. We reach out from our hearts for them for healing for consolation for your presence. There are others who grieve. And we pray the same prayer for them. Lord, we pray for everyone dealing with circumstances uh, around and about this virus that we we've yet to understand. In a strange way, we give thanks that it connects us. That we suffer together. That we cry together. That we wonder together how to proceed. We give you thanks for this place where we live. As we celebrate this country, this weekend. We remember all that we've done right. And we ask to be mindful of all the places where we've fallen short. We thank you for this place. There are names that, that I have forgotten, circumstances, difficulties. It's hard for us to speak aloud. We put them all at your feet as we conclude our prayer this morning, praying the prayer that Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. So this is Communion Sunday, and uh, I would like to just uh, remind all of us again that this is not our table, this is God's table. Uh, Please join us in uh, we're making allowances again, and we've done this before, so uh, I'll pause or or you can pause this before we start communion and uh, gather some bread or some wine, whatever elements that you that you want to to use this morning uh, and bef- but you know prior to us uh, serving or having communion together so I'll go ahead and pause it now.
1: The Lord be with you. And And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and praise. It is right and a good and joyful thing, always and everywhere, to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth.
0: Holy God, we come inspired by your spirit to move from tension to reconciliation, from pain to healing, from chaos to peace, from death to life. We come together in witness of your everlasting presence amidst our world's shifting sands, your call to be compassionate with ourselves and our neighbors, your direction when we lose our way, your gift of hope that outlives despair. We come before you ready to shed our fears and loneliness, ready to accept your grace, ready to have our spirits replenished, ready to partake in this shared meal. We pray that your spirit will sustain us and move us to feed others as we are fed this day. In your holy name, Amen. O steadfast God, it is hard to be christian in our world we try to please our friends our co-workers our families our supervisors we try to be agreeable to those whom we meet while shopping and friendly to those who help us yet we receive mixed messages from them we seem to not know what is expected of us in this world we are so thankful god that your law is constant We know that to please you, we will obey you. It is more important to obey and please you than to worry about those around us. We obey your law of love in eating of this bread, the body of Jesus who gave his life for us. Holy Spirit, strengthen us by this holy meal to always obey our God. This is the body of Christ, broken for you and for me. Take and eat. I bind my heart, this tied to the Galilean side, to the wounds of Calvary, to the Christ who died for me. I bind my soul this day to the brother far away and the sister near at hand in this town and in this land. I bind my heart in thrall to the God, the Lord of all, to the God, the poor one's friend, and the Christ whom God did send. I bind myself to peace, to make strife and envy cease. God, knit thou sure the cord of my thralldom to the Lord. At the table of Christ who died for all of us, we come to celebrate a sacred yet common cup come to celebrate a commitment to a new way of life, we come to drink from the cup of the new covenant poured out for us. O Christ, we commit ourselves to follow you. It's the blood of Christ shed for you and for me. Take and drink.
1: Let's pray together. So, we share in your feast now, O God, teetering between known and unknowable, between life and death, between the threshold of symbol and sacrament. We long for your call of justice for all of creation. In the silence of this moment, we hold in prayer those with whom you would have us share your feast those of us counted as least, those of us who feel forgotten, alone, silenced, those of us who have difficulty hearing your still, small voice in our lives. We are reminded that you know the prayers that are deepest on our hearts, too deep for words, and so we offer our prayers to you now. We offer you thanks, creative God, for the gifts of this time together and the gifts of this simple meal. May we look one another in the eye as we share in the bread and cup and covenant together to work for your realm. Amen.
0: Thank you for being with us again uh, this Sunday. Thank you, Doug. Thank you, Jeanette, for helping With the service, take care of one another this week. Christ has no body now on earth but ours. No hands, no feet on earth but ours. Ours are the eyes with which he looks compassion on this world. Ours are the feet with which he walks to do good. Ours are the hands with which he blesses all the world. Ours are the hands. Ours are the feet. Ours are the eyes. We are his body. Amen.